0: Good afternoon. I'm Sammy J. Karam of Populist, and I'm pleased to be talking today with Mr. Eduardo Mufarej, who's based in Brazil. He's currently in Sao Paulo, and we'll be discussing Mr. Mufarej's initiative, which is called Renova. And Mr. Mufarej is the founder and chairman of Renova. Previously. He was active in private equity and as well as active in the education field. And he will describe to us how these experiences led him over the years to want to found Renova and what Renova is about. So I'm going to bring him on right now. Good afternoon, Eduardo. It's good to have this opportunity to speak to
1: you. Good afternoon, Sami. It's a pleasure for me to be here.
0: Very good. Thank you for taking the time. So uh, perhaps you can start by telling us what Renova is. What is the mission of Renova, and what are the different programs that you're offering? And we'll take it from there.
1: Sounds good. So Renova is an organization that uh, supports and trains outstanding individuals who want to get involved in public life, uh, civic life, or into politics. Uh, Essentially, the purpose of Renova is to incentivize people from different affiliations, from different parties. It is a non-partisan program to uh, participate in elections, and we offer this program in a model of training, some sort of like a boot camp, where through an immersion program, we prepare a number of individuals in each election cycle that would ultimately like to become candidates on their political journey.
0: Very interesting. So I am personally not familiar with similar programs. Perhaps they exist in other places. But to my ear anyway, this is quite innovative in the sense that you are proposing to train and educate people who specifically want to get into politics Uh, Of course, I'm aware of American universities, for example, the fact that there are people who major in political science or government. But in your case, it's even more specific than this. It's in a way a subset of that education, that these are people that you are trying to give a certain set of values and who are interested in pursuing political office.
1: Exactly. We understand that the politics, they have become very self inflected or a very hard circle to break in while you have a generation of people that perceive that the better way to drive change is by getting involved in policy, by getting involved in politics, but through the traditional mechanisms, meaning the parties, uh, traditional parties established, it's very hard for people to penetrate. So we created some sort of like a parallel route through which people get, can get trained. They can understand how the political field operates. Uh, they can understand how to do campaigning. They can get a get very good grasp of policymaking, as well as a very good understanding of whether this is something that they should pursue for their lives or not. And then after this process, they may decide to join a party and seek political affiliation to get involved. So essentially the purpose of Renova is to make sure that very talented individuals who have considered getting involved in politics they don't give up and that they continue their journey and we prepare them for the initial steps of that of that journey.
0: Interesting. So is it fair to say then that, that Renova is, is agnostic in terms of political parties. You're not trying to direct your trainees in one direction or another. You're essentially giving them the tools of course, you may also impress on them the important values, importance of fighting corruption and all that. That's something that's not specific to one or two parties. So is it true that that you're sort of apolitical in the sense that you're not directing them to any specific party?
1: Yes, we're not tied to any ideology or to any vision of the world. We, are, uh, we try to provide a technical, evidence-based course and where the center of the attention is the student, where what we're trying to do is to make sure that these individuals that go through a very hard selection process, that they get involved and that they continue to pursue their journey in becoming part of democratic arena. And our understanding is that, based on the alumni that we have, we graduated over 2000 students over the last four years, is that a lot of these individuals, if it wasn't because of our existence, they would not even consider getting involved. Because the way that we structure the program is digitally delivered with a lot of uh, teacher assistant mentoring, and support to these students, while the traditional political system still operates in a very analogical way. So... Uh, your reasoning is correct it's not that we're we're an ag- agnostic in terms of ideology but we have some values and one of the values is being open to dialogue it's uh, a trusting democracy so uh, by just organizing those values a lot of the people who operate in the extremes meaning the far right and the far left uh, will likely not not go through our selection process as well as people who are too Uh, cronism and corruption, they will not go through our selection process. So uh, ultimately, it's a very diverse program that will bring people who are open for dialogue, that are open for dissent, they're open to respect each other's opinions, which we believe it's a very scarce asset in the current uh, political world.
0: So if I understand this correctly, this is an effort... To shore up the faith in the democratic process by giving people who are not extremists, it's the great majority of people, the tools that they need to succeed in running for office, shaping policy, etc. Can you speak a bit more about what is the, the profile? You know, How old are they, the trainees? Typically, are they college graduates before they come to you? Any bit more details on what's, what's a typical trainee?
1: So, uh, our uh, students, they will be, about 80% of them have a college degree. Uh, they are from pretty much every region in Brazil. We have, uh, we had people applying to the program that were from every city in Brazil that had more than 100,000 inhabitants. Uh, Brazil has a very fragmented uh, municipal basis, five five thousand five 5,571 municipalities, and uh, they are from a v- diversity of gender. Out of our graduates, about 35% are women, 65% men, just so you have a sense in the Brazilian Congress, that number of 35% women is, uh, is approximately half of that. We have very mixed diversity in terms of race. We have about 40% of our students, which are non-white, uh, meaning they're black and mixed while and the rest would be uh, white. So it's a pretty diverse program. And the profile are people who are average age, about 34 years old. People who have gone through different uh, experiences in life and that have this intention of impacting society through uh, political engagement. So okay.
0: and how, how long is the program and give us an idea of maybe a one or two courses so people can get a, a more specific, you know, more
1: tangible idea of what it's about. The, the program has a length of four months is a, a 220 hours program and it's delivered remotely with some in-person sessions done throughout the country. In Brazil, the program is divided in three parts. The first part is self-awareness and the reasons why you want to get involved in in politics and civic life. The second element is policymaking. So how do you understand the way policymaking is done and how do you get a better understanding of the state of security, health, Fiscal situation balanced government balance sheet and financials and so on. And the third is uh, on how to run campaigns effectively, because we know that these candidates will have to run their campaigns. And it's really important that, that they have a good understanding of how they can do that. One thing that I did not mention Sami, is that our program is only open for people who have never uh, taken any position in, in, in the political space. So We only take people who are new individuals in the political arena. So no traditional politicians.
0: Understood. What in your own background led you to want to do this? Uh, Give us more details about your activities in the past. In particular, as they pertain to to the evolution in your own mind. That led you to decide that this was something that needed to be done. By the way, I uh, should—I haven't said it yet—and in case it's it's not obvious to listeners, Renova is a nonprofit. And I'm curious to know how you got from A to B, essentially.
1: So, essentially, in our first class, our first cohort was in 2018, and our main objective at that time was to make sure that this group that we identified of young talented individuals who wanted to get involved in politics, that this group that we identified had the minimal conditions to aspire uh, becoming a candidate. So in the first year of Henova, we prepared the training program that had 133 students and uh, out of which 117 decided to become candidates. And our aspiration there Uh, We were not taken very serious by, as you can imagine, by the traditional politicians. But our aspiration there was to make sure that we're doing a program that uh, would allow these novice candidates to not give up on their political careers. So they were all starting from nowhere. And uh, we developed this training program and we supported them through a six-month period until the moment that they decided to be candidates. When they decided to become candidates, then they had to go through the parties and through the traditional support programs that exist in Brazil, mainly done by the parties. And uh, we were very surprised that in the first year, our candidates collectively, they had 4.5 million votes and we had 18 of our alumni elected, 18, 1-8. That's remarkable. A, yeah, which was a very surprising figure. So that just made us uh, realize that we had done something uh, more powerful than we expected in the first place and more meaningful. So we decided to strengthen our program and go to phase two, which was to scale because the program on first year, first cohort was very much tailor-made, was very individualized. And then we understood that we had to scale. So in 2020, which were the subsequent elections, we had a municipal election and uh, the municipal, as I told the Brazilian municipal landscape is much more fragmented. Uh, we made a decision to expand the program and try to reach more municipalities. And we, we were very much surprised when we opened for enrollments that we had 45,000 people applying. 45,000 oh, people. That's
0: incredible. During your career, before you started Renova. What is the problem or problems or what are the problems that you identified that uh, you felt Renova was the answer to? Is it, you know, you and I have spoken before, you know, that corruption uh, in many places, by the way, not just in Brazil, in, in, in almost every country, uh, corruption is a big problem or at least cronyism in, in some countries, if not outright corruption. You know, this may be one of the things that you were trying to address. Are there other problems that you think Renova is the answer
1: to. So, it's for me, I had a clear understanding uh, at that time that although in the business space, we could do a great effort in creating companies, in developing prosperity. You know, I come from a family of Lebanese immigrants, I think, like you. So the political conditions and the political layout of the country was extracting a lot of the value that could be created by uh, entrepreneurs and business owners and just extracting that and not reverting to the base of the population that needed the most so my decision at that time was to how can we f- consider how can we think about doing something uh, different in a sense that how can we change the faces and the and the habits and the behaviors of our politicians and creating conditions for this new generation to be more stronger participants and being part of the evolution of the of the democratic uh, process so this was the trigger and uh, there is no developed country where the political class is completely underdeveloped uh, we know that so countries that we admire they will have a strong political class so you look at canada or you look at the, you know australia different countries us in a normal stage so those are and in brazil we always believed that we could you know run our businesses but not be bothered by the 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 politics but what happened is that you know those things are very much intertwined and what they created is that a system which penalizes essentially everyone so this is the trigger so the design was how can we train people and how can incentivize people so that we change the faces of our politics and also we change the habits of our politics.
0: You used an important word that when, when you said extractive, uh, the word extractive is also used by uh, academics and other people who uh, do work on uh, the problem of rent-seeking or of cronyism. For example, Professor asemoğlu at MIT uses that term and others also. And uh, the opposite of that is inclusive. In other words, uh, instead of running an extractive economy or uh, benefiting from an extractive economy to uh, develop the structures, the the consciousness in some way of uh, trying to make the system more inclusive so that the... Benefits of the economy are not captured by an increasingly smaller and smaller percentage of the population. Is that a different way of describing part of your mission? At
1: yes, that's a different way, but it's uh, accurate.
0: Is your coursework addressing uh, corruption specifically, or is it uh, sort of implied or tangential to the to the training?
1: It does uh, involve uh, corruption, but I think you know the more important thing that we try to select is, uh, that we try to address is making sure that in our selection process, we are only picking people who have limited flexibility, ethical flexibility. And uh, so ultimately what we end up doing is we bring people who are very much aligned with a mission and a long-term view, Uh, And also has very much ingrained the values of transparency, the values of accountability, the values of, you know, responsiveness and so on. So we run tests, which are essentially to try to understand what's the moral and what's the uh, ethical flexibility that our candidates have. And if the ethical flexibility is too high, we don't select them.
0: Given that you're now in the political arena, not you personally, but uh, your trainees. And you do have a political mission, even though it's not an ideological mission. What are some of the main criticisms? But I can, I can guess at some. So let me, let me try to put one forward and you can tell me whether you're hearing that criticism and how do you counter it. So one criticism might be that while at the end of the day, your intentions are good, Uh, this is still, after all, a program designed uh, by the elite for for the elite, and that it may be, in their words, in the words of a critic, out of touch with uh, the more pressing needs of somebody who is maybe at the struggling, you know, at the bottom of the social and economic uh, ladder, and that needs a more urgent change it probably is the reason why we're seeing a, a, throughout Latin America a lurch to the left that you have that uh, feeling by many people that you know, they need something sooner, they're struggling, they're promised things by politicians, most of which will not be delivered, but that's a separate topic. What, what would you say to some of that criticism?
1: First of all, our program is free and is open to anyone. Uh, who goes through the selection process. And if you are a person that has a, a financial limitation in terms of the time dedication, we will provide you, you, you you request financial aid and we'll provide you a stipend. So essentially what we're trying to do is granting access to whoever wants to do. So there is no, if you have a financial limitation to attend, we will support you. Uh, so by doing that, we're, we're not only accessing the tiny cities in Brazil, but, the, you know, from the large cities like Sao Paulo to the tiny cities, but we're also granting access to people from different socioeconomic backgrounds. Uh, the other element is we see that the, stab- the political establishment wants to 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 stay where they are. And, you know, with, of course, if you meet a politician, you understand the politician's objectives is to remain in power. That's the That's the first priority. If they don't remain in power, they lose their job. So it's like an individual that don't want to lose their job. So that's pretty much understandable. But what what we're trying to do is essentially telling the Brazilian population and the society in general that, that there are alternatives, because we came across many times hearing from the general public that there is no one strong or there is no one good that we can vote for. So there is always this strong limitation. So we don't see... People that we would like to vote for. We don't see people who would be potentially uh, amazing uh, candidates. So there, is, there was this sense in the population that there are not uh, enough strong candidates out there or candidates that would fit into their aspirations and criteria. That's what we're trying to do ultimately, Sami, Providing this society and the, the population with alternatives. Right. Will the society and the population pick those alternatives? It's not up to us. It's up to yeah. them. No, at least we get out of this situation where people just say that there is no one good to vote, and we're sure. breaking that circle. That's, uh, that's uh, that circle.
0: These are very fair responses. It's open for everyone. You know, as long as the applicant to the program is not a crazy extremist, as long as they value, as you said earlier as they value dialogue and the exchange of ideas. Because, you know, if, if somebody who is very extremist does, does not value dialogue, right? That's in a way that's almost the definition of an extremist. And, and then that kind of uh, makes the whole program moot. But you're saying as long as you, you can come from any walk of life, from any economic status, from any region of Brazil, and you can apply, and it's, it's a nonprofit, And so uh, I think this is a very fair argument to counter, uh, you know, the criticism that, that I alluded to earlier, uh, because it's open that this is a forum, and in some ways, that's open to to uh,
1: to all people. Criticisms will always come, especially for the people who are the big fans of E. Immobile, of the sta- of the status of the quo status yes. yeah and I believe that you know we are we need to support the non-conformists because the non-conformists are the ones who will change the world so my goal is to to support that
0: very good can you tell us uh, before we wrap up some of the things you're thinking of for the future of Renova are you do you have plans outside of Brazil
1: or perhaps you're already active outside of Brazil? So we, we, we did provide benchmark to 20 organizations outside of Brazil. To my surprise, not in the developing world. A lot of this company, the, these organizations in places like France, the Vatican, Spain, Portugal. So that just shows that Hedova is a social innovation coming from a place where the political system is, is broken. You know, makes a lot of sense to other places because there is, you know, this whole reflection around democracy, and civic engagement, the younger population, uh, pretty much neutral or you know they don't care about what's going to happen to politics. Politics will affect them ultimate, ultimately. So I think people are starting to understand that this is a very important element to create a pathway for civic engagement is a really important thing. So. After doing these benchmarks, we decided to engage in the first leg of our international footprint, work, with, working directly with organizations in different geographies. So now we're working in two countries in Latin America, in a very early stage. I, I wouldn't like to, to, to give more detail because this is very early still, but it just shows that there is a trend and that you know, a social innovation like Hanover is something that can make sense in, in a lot of different geographies.
0: Is it your sense that people are becoming more interested in politics? In general, are people in Brazil getting more interested uh, almost day-to-day in in politics and policy? I mean, in the United States, uh, I would if someone asked me this question, I would have to say yes, mainly looking uh, as evidence to the increased polarization, which is uh, very unfortunate, but uh, it still reveals the fact that people have gotten more attuned to polit- maybe not in the right way but they're, they're more attuned to politics is it the same in brazil where people are are you know may not like what they see but they're
1: more politically conscious uh i wouldn't say uh, unfortunately the extremes are they are the extremes are making politics so tiring that they are taking the moderates out of the discussion mm-hmm. so that's at least the element that i see in brazil That's a reality. Need to re-signify politics and uh, participation in politics as an important uh, element.
0: Yeah, because we, uh, I think, we're in agreement that we don't want people to be so so turned off. In the way, uh, in parallel, they might be also turned off by you know the free enterprise system. We don't want people so turned off that they now fall back on alternatives that are ultimately more destructive so i think we're on the same page would you like to add anything else before we wrap up no i think this is this is this is this is it okay then the main thing left to do is to thank you very much for your time eduardo mufarej who is the founder and chairman of renova and uh thank you to our listeners